for me as an illustrator, it was all about putting my own personality into my brand. And that's when I really seen the biggest growth happening, when I really put myself out there and I really started to put, basically projectile vomit my personality onto a piece of paper. That's when I felt like it was doing the best for me. I would just sit down with yourself and say, what do you really love? What do you really want to connect with other people on? What do you enjoy making? Because at the end of the day, you're going to be making a hell of a lot of it. So yeah. you better really like it. Being a jack of all trades isn't particularly a bad thing. So anyone who tells you otherwise. <laughs> and all being the jack of all trades has allowed me to actually wear many different trousers in the business, which I would have otherwise have outsourced. I'd be fully satisfied. And I took a lot of detours on the way and um, you will go off here and there but you don't know what the right path is there is no right path you have to take those detours to get back on the straight and narrow hello everyone and welcome to the creative waffle podcast i am your host hannah alongside mark and in today's episode i had the wonderful, amazing opportunity to talk to Miss Catherine Kay from Catnip Illustrations. It took everything in me not to fangirl this entire interview because she truly is one of my biggest illustration inspirations. She has led the way for small business Etsy shop owners and influenced so many people through her Instagram and her YouTube channel. Um, so yeah, in today's episode, we talk about how to grow your Etsy business, how she started her Etsy business, as well as a little bit more into branding, how she started her brand, Catnip Illustrations, as well as how she grew her social media following on YouTube and Instagram. I really hope you guys found this episode as inspirational and valuable as I did. And without further ado, let's get into the show. And, and all right, I think we're recording. Yay. Yay, hello. How are you doing? You doing good? I'm doing really good, thank you. I feel really good now. I'm back in the swing of things. I had like three weeks, well, not three weeks off, but I had like a week off fully at Christmas and I just did not know what to do with myself. I had no sense of direction. I was just eating chocolate and <laughs> watching, binge watching Vikings on TV. So it feels nice to finally get back into it. I feel nice and renewed and ready to get back into the routine and yeah, get the year started. So oh, awesome. thank you. Yeah, I was watching your vlogmases and I kudos to you keeping up with that every day. I have no idea how you had the motivation and will to do that. But I saw you got sick, so that's unfortunate. Yeah, it always happens. I think pushing yourself as well. It always happens when I'm stressed. So it must be a stress response and when you get in little sleep, I always tend to get ill around those times. It's probably my <laughs> body's way of forcing me into rest. Uh but vlogmas was pretty hard. It was the first time I've ever tried daily vlogging and it's not something I'll probably make a habit out of, but it is fun for the challenge because I feel like I let a lot more people inside my daily routine and they got to know me a little bit more throughout that process and I, it was really really enjoyable to do and it made me inspired as well and made me more confident about opening my personal channel and mm -hmm. that people actually wanted to see that side of things so it was actually a great challenge and I'm yes. super happy that I did it but it was really hard to be honest I do I not know how people do that Yes, I love every second of it. And like seeing your home and Daisy, oh my gosh, like the dialogue between your pets was wonderful. I loved it. Um, so I guess just to start off with, if you wouldn't mind like introducing yourself, who you are, like a little bit about your business, kind of what you do. 
just yeah I haven't, I haven't got anything like <laughs> you know normally they tell you I have like an elevator pitch where it sounds dead good you're in an elevator and you can describe yourself in like 20 yeah. words or less I'm not really that great but basically I'm Catherine Kay and I'm the designer and owner behind Catnip Illustrations which is a small um, business here in the UK northern England and I employ my sister and my brother-in-law and we basically create adorable cute stuff and <laughs> products and put it out into the world like planner stickers and owl pins art prints and things like that and hopefully in this year we'll be doing things like jewelry expanding our range of products and stationery paper stationery uh, but yeah that's basically what I do I'm primarily an illustrator but then I also do YouTube now as well so that's kind of a side thing but my primary goal is my Etsy business which is soon to be my own e-commerce store as well because I'd like to do that in 2020 so That's fingers so crossed to 2020 and getting my own e-commerce store out because it just has that professional edge I think when you've got your own store so yeah it's definitely a goal but yeah it's a little bit about me that's awesome thank you um okay so I guess my first question for you um I love your backstory of catnip like how you founded catnip and kind of the process behind it and the story behind it and I feel like I'm sort of I'll be a little bit selfish here and ask a question for me but <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of sort of in your shoes when you first started so I have my own Etsy business as well and it's doing well like I think I have like 800 and something sales so oh God, that's amazing it took yeah. me so long to get that many <laughs> that's absolutely fantastic well I'm doing all right <laughs> but um I'm really struggling with branding myself and like branding myself as an individual and like I basically just see it as like, I'm selling stuff on Etsy. I don't really post about it much. Most of my traffic comes through Etsy, but 2020, I really want to focus on amping it up and like really taking it a lot more seriously. Cause I graduate from college in May. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, I graduate from college in May. So yay. I'm almost done with that. Super excited. Yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was just wondering, like, how did you start up Catnip? What was kind of like your thought process behind branding it? And what kind of advice would you give me where I have no idea even where to start, I guess? <laughs> So I think you've already took the first step, which is starting in general and getting 800 sales considering you haven't got a strong brand identity is absolutely <laughs> insane. So kudos to you for doing that and a big pat on the back. At 800 sales for me, that was like a huge milestone. And I think <laughs> I, dropped, I think I was still working, well, I went down to part-time at that point because I was like, this is it, I've cracked the code. But really, I was still very much a baby in terms of like what I knew and about branding. And I think what people make the mistake of thinking is they see my brand now after four years of business and they're like, oh, it looks really refined. To me, my goal in 2020 is also to refine my style and brand because there's still always ways you can improve and polish up on it. But they look at me and they think that's how they're, like beginning should be and mine was nothing like that I dabbled in everything I didn't have a, a strong sense of brand you only need to go down on my Instagram and see my earlier posts and I was kind of doing what was trending or what was popular or what other people seemed to be getting success at and I tried all different things and then it is just that age-old um trick of 
experimenting and then finding your niche and finding your style within the experimentation and what you really enjoy doing. For me as an illustrator, it was all about putting my own personality into my brand. And that's when I really seen the biggest growth happening, when I really put myself out there and I really started to put, basically projectile vomit my personality onto a piece of paper. That's when I felt like it was doing the best and I kind of connected with the audience better that way. And for me, I would just sit down with yourself and say, what do you really love? What do you really want to connect with other people on? What do you enjoy making? Because at the end of the day, you're going to be making a hell of a lot of it. So yeah. you better really like it. Yeah. Um, and kind of steering it in that direction. If you want to go to the more cutesy side of things, then go on it. If you want to be more like the mums and the kind of cool, trendy Instagram, then go in that direction. Uh, but if you already know roughly the direction you want to go in, you've already made the first step. Then it's things like, do I want a specific colour palette for my photos? And you can look at more detailed things like that, right? I need a specific colour scheme. I need some fonts that I'm going to use consistently throughout the brand. And that gives you kind of your brand voice, well, your visual brand voice, I would say. So the same sorts of fonts, the same sorts of colours, the same sorts of styles, but you just polish it and make it neater and more refined and kind of make it look cohesive across all social media platforms as well. So I like to think that catnip kind of looks quite cohesive throughout anywhere I am online yeah. so YouTube Instagram Etsy and then my products all have a very similar vibe and that's all down to the color scheme and the texts I use and mm -hmm. um kind of what I sell as well kind of reflects the personality so just take that on board and you it sounds like you're already doing pretty amazing you've already found a product that's obviously clearly people want um so <laughs> you can elaborate on that and just mm -hmm. kind of refine it because you're already you're already getting there to be honest you're yeah. a lot stronger than I was definitely <laughs> um well I mean I guess my Etsy shop's kind of been it's been like this like it's kind of been all yeah, everyone's has honestly yeah. that might still like that so do not worry about that that's yeah. perfectly normal um I started in 2017 and I was making like vinyl decals for cars and mugs and like monograms and that kind of thing and again, following the trend, doing what everybody liked, what was going to sell, what was going to make me money. And I just started it because I needed money, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And I'm creative. And But now I've leaned more in towards, um, all I really sell in my shop now is illustrated stickers. Um, so I, do, I have a British baking show pack. I have like mainly Disney stickers. And then I have Disney t-shirts. So yeah. t-shirts and stickers is kind of what I'm doing now. But I again, it's kind of just something that I'm doing and it's not something, it's something I want to lean fully into as a brand. So, um, yeah, I love the advice that you gave. I definitely need to sit down and analyze all those things that I love to do. And I guess one of my biggest struggles is I love so many different things <laughs> and like yeah. so many different styles. So it's hard for me to like, Pinpoint. Yeah. Cause I love, you know, I love cutesy things and Disney. I'm me and you. Yeah, to I'm totally yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. We're exactly the same in that sense. But it's all about like as well, I still experiment with loads of different things. Just because you think, right, I'm just going to do stickers doesn't mean you're just stuck to doing stickers from then on. Like this year, I would like to get into jewellery and things like that. You can always dabble. But if you want into um, 
kind of adapt and grow your visual voice a, vi- a visual yeah. brand voice then it's all about focusing in on the colors and what can you then bring that into other products if that makes sense I don't yeah. know if I've explained that very well but no, yeah. basically what you sell it's not really about what you sell it's about kind of the personality you're selling and the brand has to have a personality and that's that's distinctively you or distinctively me and what draws us apart from other people because anyone can sell stickers and anyone is I've got loads of amazing sticker shops that are 10,000 times better than me but for some reason they like the brand voice in catnip they like the pinkness and the cuteness and that's what you have to bring to the table and don't be ashamed of being just you and doing what you really love but to find what you really love requires a lot of experimentation along the way and trying all those different things out and so now you know that you want to do stickers and things like that and you want to lean into that then I would just refine obviously the visual side of things if that's where you feel like you're lacking personally I haven't actually looked in depth it would have been good if I looked in oh that's okay (laughs) that's okay no and like I kind of feel like what I'm doing now is kind of what you said it's all experience experimentation I'm doing what is trending what is um like following the flow but I want to find my individual voice and like like you said when I think of you I think of kawaii and cutesy and you're so cohesive across absolutely everything and that's definitely what I'm striving for this year especially with graduation and like getting a job down the line like I'd like to be my own personality and I always like say that I say this all the time, like, I'm a jack of many trades and a master of none. I say that as well. Yes. Like, <laughs> I think that about me too, so. Yeah. <laughs> I love illustration. I love, me and my boyfriend do photography on the side. I love um, painting and digital and, like, everything, so... But I think that's a good thing personally because you can use those assets in your business. Me being a jack of all trades has actually helped me loads because I learned about editing, I learned about photography, I learned about lighting, I learned about illustration, I learned about product making and all being the jack of all trades has allowed me to actually wear many different trousers in the business which I would have otherwise have outsourced which would have been really costly and I wouldn't have been able to afford early on in the business so I had to learn. So really being a jack of all trades isn't particularly a bad thing so anyone who tells you otherwise (laughs) then obviously leaning into what you really love and passionate about to get better and become a master of it is is good but I still think learning all these different techniques to apply to your business especially as a solo entrepreneur Mm -hmm. is really crucial to be honest because you have to wear the trousers of so many if you are have an amazing product and I mean amazing product but you are not very good at marketing and you're not very good at photography then there is no point that product is not going to get seen it's going to get left by the wayside unless you employ someone who's good at that unless you learn how to be good at that so being of a jack of all trades it doesn't actually matter it will kind of it's kind of really good as an entrepreneur a creative entrepreneur because you can wear many different trousers for free you don't have to yes. you can yourself and kind of put it into your own business without paying anyone which is good when you have very very little money to your name to start up with so yes. I wouldn't think that's a bad thing and that kind of leads me to my next question too I again I'm young I'm about to graduate college I obviously don't have money um I'm struggling, but making a decent income off of Etsy. But how would you kind of help or like, how did you 
because you started catnip when you were in university or after? It was after. It was why I was having a full-time job. I actually totally lost my way after university. I totally, I did graphic design at university and I absolutely hated it. I hated graphic design. I hated university. I didn't actually hate graphic design, but I hated university. I felt like I wasn't going to get anywhere. (laughs) I honestly felt like I wasn't going to get anywhere. Everyone told me I had to move to a city because I was from the northeast of England. Social media, it was only really Facebook. Instagram wasn't really a platform to be able to sell yourself on at this point when I left university. And I just felt totally lost. Mm Mm-hmm and like I couldn't really be a illustrator which was my primary goal was to be a children's book illustrator but I constantly got told only one percent make it only blah blah makes it constantly 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 and I'm living proof that that is not true I'm from a very small town with very little prospects but the thing is we are now in a world where we can connect with absolutely anyone online from any corner of the world and it's so much easier to connect with people who might like your brand and be seen out there I've totally forgot my own point here and um, was it about me? I can't remember oh university so yeah and um, so it wasn't at university so I totally lost my passion I went and got a normal job at a local company which is actually right next to this off like where I'm oh, working yeah. now it's like behind me where I used to work um and I worked full time as like a photographer. I literally wore many hats in that job: graphic designer, photographer, social media maker. I answered the phones, so I was also a receptionist because it was a very small company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I started up with Catnip, and I had very little money. Me and Dean had just purchased a house, mm-hmm. um, and we had a mortgage and bills to pay, so it was a little stressful at the time. There was a lot of risk involved, um, and I started sitting at Martin Windows, and I think I spent a year full time there just kind of ticking by and then after a year I started illustrating again and um searching about things on Mm -hmm. Etsy I started reading Etsy quit your day jobs while Mm -hmm. I was at work full-time and I had honestly no expendable like no dispensable income um so I ended up posting online I I searched about my name and everything and I had the goal in mind that I wanted to open my own business and I started with selling custom portraits with no money to my name and I sold my first custom portrait I'm not even kidding without any tools to provide that custom portrait apart from a graphics tablet tablet at the time my old mac um, and i illustrated it and with the money that i made from that illustration i then also put in a little bit of money i think it was like 50 quid or something from my wages that week into purchasing a printer and a piece of paper and a shipping <laughs> one bag to ship That's awesome. <laughs> tissue paper um, and i sent it off and then i got another order and then she also ordered another one because she really liked how it turned out and then it went from there so I built up my custom commissions for around a year and a half while I was still working full-time mm-hmm. and I any money I got through catnip I would invest in a better printer mm-hmm. or maybe better packaging supplies or new products I did my first craft fair and that's what I basically did I supplemented the income from catnip and I also sometimes times threw in um, pennies here and there what I made from my full-time job as well because I was on minimum wage I wasn't on a good wage at my other job that's another thing a lot of people said oh well she must have earned a lot no I was on minimum wage I was I was (laughs) just kind of grinding at it and working at it and yeah I think I was around thousand sales when I dropped out of part-time 
mm-hmm. on um, part-time with Martin Windows. But I needed that income still. I needed the money that I was getting through them right. to pay the bills so I felt comfortable enough to invest the money I was making through catnip back into catnip to make more money. So, yeah, yeah I had no money to my name. And the thing is, you can sell digital products now. You can yeah. literally start a business with nothing apart from digital software so obviously you need to have a like procreate or photoshop but once you've got them sorted and a a tool to draw them with you can actually sell online digital items without very with minimal investment so yeah yeah, it's it's a pretty good time we're living in now and digital products weren't really that popular when i first started out weren't as popular as the anna so you can totally do it. Yeah. Well, and I feel like I'm in your, again, I feel like we're the same person or like I'm in the same boat. I'm from a really small town in Ohio. Like I live in the middle of nowhere, like a cornfield and (laughs) your town to me is like, well, it's a 20 minute drive and my university I commute to, but I feel like over these past four years at college, I've grown more as an individual through teaching myself and through Mm -hmm. my Etsy shop and like doing things for myself. And I I hate to say this, but I feel like university was pointless, like for me. Yeah. And I'm- I do definitely feel that at times, but I'm still grateful for it now. Looking, encourage anyone to not go, but it was very expensive. Yes, it is. Got me into obviously, a lot of student debt that I'm probably going to be paying off for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like to me, like you said, a lot of my lessons that I learned were actually me going to online classes I'm a big advocate of that I know Skillshare is one of my sponsorships I sound like I'm following yes. a sponsorship but you know I genuinely have learned quite a lot on Skillshare mm-hmm. and things like online tutorials just you know searching online tutorials watching a lot of YouTubers and watching I, I watched Fran Nerd before I even had a YouTube channel other illustrators like Leah Lexon I watched and um got really inspired by other YouTubers and I just kind of learned along the way like you said and you you just learn it and yeah. a lot of people say where do I start and I'm like you just really genuinely need you to start it's so yeah. it's so corny and cheesy to say but it's never been more true like yeah. open your the first thing to do is sign into Etsy think of a business name and open an Etsy shop and then think of a product put it on there and That's then you kind of go from there and do your research and stuff and learn along the way so yeah. uh, even though yeah uni wasn't that helpful for me I probably wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be where I am today I, I don't think uh, because I wouldn't have learned I don't know yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just I couldn't change anything because I don't know where I'd be without it, if that makes sense. But. Yeah, no, it's a very controversial topic too. Like, do you need yeah. university? And it's taught me how to network and I've made so many relationships there and I've like the relationships with my professors and it's taught me how to communicate and kind of, you know, work on deadlines. I did a public relations internship there. So that taught me a lot too. But like the things that I've learned in my classes, I guess, specifically, I could teach myself. Like, honestly, we learn my graphic design classes. Some of them we go in and he pulls up Skillshare and we watch videos and that's how we do our projects. And it's like, I'm paying thousands of dollars to sit here and watch Skillshare classes, which I could do that at home, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you basically, from the sounds of it, you're paying for the networking experience, but anyone can go out and network now with social media. So there is kind of a lot of controversial, like controversial topics about it now, like whether you need it or not. Me personally, 
I, well, I don't want to say it because it sounds yeah. pretty bad, but I don't feel like it taught me anything in terms of my Etsy business and the business that I'm running, but I do take courses on businesses and things like that now. Um, but I'm still happy I went there because I don't know where I'd be if I didn't go no, there. Thanks, but, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that a lot of people say, should I go to university? And I'm like, you need to make that decision on your own because mm -hmm. everyone is different. I personally didn't find much value from it apart from an empty yeah. bank account, which was no value at all, negative value. <laughs> but other than that, and I, I just got, I had a lot of great memories getting drunk yes. Parties. That's, that's pretty much um, about the extent of it for me to be honest yeah. um, uh, other than that it's not really my thing I don't think I'd go back um, and do it I would go back now but it's different now because I want to learn about mm -hmm. maybe illustration or fine art or I'd love to take art classes and stuff like that but at the time that I went into university I think I was quite young and I didn't really know my own self yet and I didn't know what I wanted to do maybe people should go out and go into the work like go and get a full-time job before they go on to further education or higher education my friend um she is amazing and she's a psychologist and she's learning all these different types of things and she did it later on she went and she's now going to do a master's and we're obviously 28 years old right. so she's doing it later but she knows that's what she wants to do so she'll do really well at university because if I went now it would be a whole different ballgame because oh, I'm willingly going rather than being pushed in because everyone tells me to go to university and pick something exactly. so I pick something that I'm not really bothered about at the time because all I care about is drinking and going out partying but <laughs> well yeah. and that's what's stressing me out the most is the next step after graduation like I'm really freaked out and like nervous because I really I know right out of graduation I'm gonna have to get a full-time job somewhere nine to five working for an agency or something like that because financially that's what I have to do like to pay the bills and pay the mortgage and I'm hoping that I can do what you did and kind of wean myself off of it and then lean fully into my brand. But it just kind of stinks because I'm in that boat of, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know where the path is going to take me. And it's kind of frustrating, I suppose. And I know for sure my boyfriend and I were doing the long distance thing and we'd like to find a place together. So I'm going to move up with him and I need to find a job up there, but he's also English. So I'm hoping to live in England someday for a while with his family. Yeah. So I'm, that's a big dream of mine is to move like, over there and like live over there for a while. So for me, it's kind of like, there's so many paths that I could go down and I'm not just sure. I'm not sure which one is going to help me get to my goal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want yeah. to take like detours that are going to take longer. And so the thing is, though, there's no rush. You've got your whole life to work True. on it. And yeah. to be honest, the journey is what is the most enjoyable part. Because when you reach those goals, you then get to them. So my goal was to be fully independent on my own income mm -hmm. and then I reached those goals and then I was like well now I want a member of staff and then I was like well now I want this and yeah. so be fully satisfied and I took a lot of detours on the way and um you will go off here and there but you don't know what the right path is there is no right path you have to take those detours to get back on the straight and narrow maybe you'll take a side road and that'll teach you something it might teach you and give you a shortcut or yeah. it might take you the long way around but at least you've learned by driving in the car and taking that detour 
tour anyway, you're still going to end up on, I don't know, the M1 in England. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah. basically, don't be afraid of the direction you're going to go in. If you have an overall goal, I know I have an overall image in my head, but I'm not sure how it's going to play out. And yeah. I don't actually know what the end product is going to look like until you get there. And then... Yeah. Steve Jobs, I always mention this, but Steve Jobs did a really good quote where he says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. And I absolutely live by that um, quote because it's never been so true. Like seeing myself now, when I was in a full-time job, this was my dream. What I've got right now was my dream. In fact, I didn't think it would be as quick as it as it has been if that makes sense yeah. but I actually never knew what this would look like if that makes sense no it does yeah. I never knew what products I would have I never knew what my style would look like I never knew what colors I had an idea what colors I would have liked to use but what colors I would change and adapt to because they do change uh, with trends and with the fashion and how I see the world as well um you never know what it's actually the finished product is going to be because you have to learn about it before you get to it yeah. and I'm still changing I'm still not anywhere near what I want to be I've mine's I'm now in it for the long term I'm like right I'm not gonna stop I'm just gonna keep churning out different things over and over until I find something I'm really happy with but I definitely wouldn't worry about taking detours or any shortcuts or anything like that everything you do um kind of happens for a reason and will lead you back onto the main road eventually it's all like a learning experience oh I love that advice (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I'm definitely in that boat. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so I guess I kind of want to go back to the Etsy sort of side of things. Cause we're both kind of doing it. Obviously you're a lot more into it than I am right now, but do you think that like, how do you stand out on Etsy or how do you make your shop stand out or your listings pop? Because when people search for stickers or something, your listings come up with thousands and thousands of others like do you think it's too saturated or how would you advise someone just starting out to stand out so what I would say is don't focus on just Etsy organic traffic you need to start like you said thinking of your brand voice and marketing yourself off Etsy I would say the majority of my sales come through organic traffic from the likes of YouTube marketing and things like that that's why I want to open my own website because I'm basically giving yes. Etsy a nice big fat um, <laughs> and I'm basically doing all the advertising but Etsy did help me at the beginning if you could get those search terms right and the SEO right they do help boost that organic search but think of it like this if anything happened to Etsy your whole business is gone if you rely on Etsy traffic. Obviously, you built up a customer base, but it's primarily through Etsy. With having different platforms, different social media, and then your own website eventually, which you don't have to worry about yet because I haven't even really got that (laughs) People know your name. So if my Etsy shop closed tomorrow, I know that you would be able to find me and think, oh, what's happened to our Etsy shop? You'd be able to look at me on Instagram or YouTube or wherever, and you'd be able to find out what's happened and purchase that way um so my advice would be do not rely just on Etsy organic traffic really try and think of a brand for yourself see yourself as a professional business and market yourself as a professional business through social media and things like that now professional when I say that it doesn't mean you have to speak a certain way or act a certain way and wear a suit or anything like my my brand voice is not like that at all I'm very chill I'm very myself but I still have a professionalism when it comes to um getting things out there so I I like to schedule 
my YouTube videos, I see that and things like that, all these different types of things like social media marketing. And you have to see it from a professional perspective in that sense. And also right. don't get too political online because yeah. that's great for business either. Just keep that to yourself. <laughs> to yourself, yes. You can share, yeah. Um, so I guess that kind of leads me into my next question too. What do you think the pros and cons of Etsy are? In your opinion, the pros, the pros for me are like you said, you can have organic. If you hit the SEO right, you get enough products in your store. You really learn about the Etsy SEO. Um, you can get up there and get organic traffic through Etsy mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to get on the first search page. Um, my mugs were definitely one of them. But what I found uh, is a negative is the people who purchase don't really care about you or your brand. They just want the true. product. Very um, they're not connected with you and they're probably more likely to leave negative reviews. And they're more likely to, if they're unhappy instead of reaching out to you. So if something happened to the product in, um, the processing or whatever and I sent it off if it was one of my um fans or the fans of Katni yeah um then they would reach out to me first and say oh hi this product isn't um Ooh, yeah it's been damaged whereas if the like found you through Etsy or whatever less likely to be inclined to do that and just leave a bad review like because they don't care basically yeah, receive the product it was defective the it was the first time they purchased stuff you or whatever and then they'll leave um a bad review um and also another thing that i don't think is the best of, with etsy is all these new things that they bring out they've brought out a new thing about um customer satisfaction dissatisfaction rate and very very tight i think it's quite harsh um especially on new sellers um from what i've gathered it's two percent you can't have an order dissatisfaction rate of two percent and that's kind of unrealistic in some yeah it's quite harsh for a handmade business because handmade in itself isn't perfect we're not factories we're not machines uh but you you want to drive to obviously give the best customer service you can uh i find that a little harsh and it gets a lot of people's backs up personally for me it hasn't affected me but it's still not a nice way to feel when you're on their platform you kind of feel like you're held hostage against Etsy Mm -hmm. Uh, when they raised all the commission fees a couple of years ago last year Mm -hmm. a lot of people were in uproar me personally I actually think it's quite reasonable the amount that they charge for commissions when you look at the likes of eBay and Amazon I think the five percent commission rate is not too harsh Mm -hmm. but it still can make you feel neglected as a um person on etsy on the platform itself so that's when having your own website comes in really really handy because then you're not relying on those third-party apps Mm -hmm. and uh, so they have got the pros and cons the pros for me i couldn't have got where i am without etsy i don't because of the organic reach that it allowed me to provide um and one of my mugs got on the main page of the wedding if you typed in wedding gifts it was on you know the main thing so that really boosted a lot of money and i was then able to invest that back in the cat so I'm extremely grateful for Etsy for that and I will always remain on Etsy as well um but the negatives are like the obviously commission rates the order dissatisfaction rates the fact that you are relying on a third party app in general for your whole business um if you don't market yourself outside of it it's incredibly um 
risky for me I, I wouldn't want to risk you know having yeah. all my eggs in one basket yeah. try and spread them out um elsewhere but yeah that's what I would say the pros and cons are but I would never discourage anyone from using Etsy because I think it's an amazing first platform yeah. to really get your hands dirty and kind of have an experience in selling things online and it is very comfortable and easy to use as well I it think. is yeah but, but I definitely I need to start making the transition into what you were describing, how you bring your own people over to Etsy. Cause I was just looking right now on my stats and it says um, from Etsy SEO and Etsy marketing, I have 92% of my visits are just through from Etsy. And yeah. I, I only brought in 8% of my visits. So yeah. I definitely need to work on my marketing end of it. And I do have all my eggs in one basket right now. And yeah. that kind of does make me uncomfortable. And like I was talking about before, that is my goal for 2020 is to sort of. Yeah. yeah. Develop that <laughs> well, it's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing either, because if you have repeating customers, they are then your customers True. and they'll get to know your brand. So um, it's still great. And I wouldn't worry about it too much. A lot of people get free. site um so you don't have to focus on um you know like oh i need a website now the end goal should be the website yeah. uh, but while you're sat in and getting the ground running getting some new customers in some loyal customers etsy is a fantastic platform so i wouldn't worry too much i don't think etsy is going to go away anytime soon yeah, i don't think they are <laughs> fine uh, but having that as an end goal, having your own brand marketing outside of Etsy is definitely probably the smartest thing you can do in terms of business and in terms of marketing as well. So yeah. um, definitely focus on that eventually, but it, you're not in any rush to do it. I mean, yeah. you've got years, so. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to the next thing too. You kind of have a big presence on YouTube now too. Like, yeah, so I don't know how I did that. <laughs> that was just luck. That's all I can say. Pure luck, to be honest. Um, very, very strange that that happened. Basically, I started YouTube because, like I said to you, yeah. I got a lot of inspiration off other YouTubers. And when I moved into this office, I thought it would be cool to document my journey moving in. And I remember filming my moving in vlog on my iPhone. So it's way back, and it was I bought I got yeah. a space, and um, I recorded it all on my iPhone and everything. I had no idea about camera angles, lighting, editing, anything mm -hmm. like that. And I just did it out of the fun of it because I enjoyed other YouTubers, and mm -hmm. I watch YouTube probably ninety percent of my Me time. Too. When Me too. Me <laughs> too. That's all I ever watch, and. Um, and I thought, oh, I really like this idea. I need another hobby anyway, because now illustration has become a full-time job. I need another one. So I uh, ended up dabbling in YouTube and then I ended up investing in the Canon G7X, uh, which is all the YouTubers we yeah, use. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I purchased that. And um, yeah, I was very lucky that my studio vlog number one got on the trending page on YouTube wow. and it was um, selected as creator on the rise and that's what brought a huge bulk of my traffic in was that mm -hmm. first ever vlog now I think that's personally down to luck but me yeah. and my, my dad were actually discussing it not my friends at Christmas and he was saying yeah but you would have never have got to that point if you hadn't already put videos up like YouTube wouldn't have selected you to be that if they didn't yeah. see content had been worked on and you'd been experimenting so I guess it's kind of a mix of both look and kind of putting the work out there and being consistent too uh, but I, I definitely think it was more luck than anything else so thanks right. thanks God's for doing that <laughs> Thank you. <for> me. <laughs> 
I love your YouTube channel. It's so helpful and it's, I truly look forward to, I have your post notifications on. So every time you post something, I'm I'm on it because you are my feel good channel. Like I love watching you to feel good and you're so inspirational and I love your helpful videos too. Like I bought my printer here. It's the same printer you have because you recommended it. And like just how you make your stickers and everything like you've truly I thank you for the success of my Etsy business because thank you so much that's so crazy yeah I know and like you've helped me so much and so I've also kind of thought like played with the idea of dabbling in YouTube too but I guess my thing is I have no idea where to start so where did you start like I literally picked uh, I've got it on private at the minute (laughs) I picked up my camera and uh my phone so it was this phone and this is a really old I think this is the iPhone 7 plus yeah pretty old camera and I was like oh the camera's so good so I like went out with Daisy and I, I didn't talk once in the whole vlog it was just like ding 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 like nice yeah. like happy music. it was like pictures of like trees and all this stuff but because you consume a lot of YouTube content you can kind of see the edit how the editing flows right. and I like films and cinematography anyway so I recorded it on this and I edited it on iMovie on my old Mac yes. it took me ages <laughs> um and I did the lightness and everything and then I just started making videos on my YouTube so I used to record on my iPhone so I used to record it and then I would export it to my iMovie and then I'd upload it on YouTube and edit it on iMovie which is built into Mac so if you've got a Mac it's built in and yeah that's how I started and then as I got into it and I enjoy I I realized I really enjoyed editing which is apparently it's quite uncommon to (laughs) like editing but I actually really really like it it's a really fun hobby put piecing together the film the music the style the atmosphere kind of telling a story visually it's really really fun to me I really enjoyed doing it I created my own custom look so it's like a pink haze over a lot of my videos some people don't like it but I love it and I just um started searching how to grow YouTube channel how to get better on YouTube uh camera tricks camera lighting how to um do better vlogs how to vlog (laughs) and then also how to be approachable on YouTube how to be myself on YouTube all these different types of things that I had to learn along the way if you look at my older vlogs I'm a lot more shy (laughs) maybe not shy I wouldn't call it shy because I've never been a shy person but maybe a bit more reserved and not as crazy as I actually am um and then as I as I got on I just pick up the camera I have no makeup on of course (laughs) I just don't care at this point it's like these are my friends I don't care and I kind of forget that I'm doing this to potentially thousands of people and I just I I connect as if I'm speaking to like this the likes of you who comment on my channel and watch my channel that's who I'm speaking to when I'm looking down the lens and I'm chatting to you I'm imagining you guys are there and I'm just chatting to you and I forget that it could potentially like yeah, <laughs> blow up and <laughs> it's like in the public eye yeah. uh, but the it's again it's just getting started it's picking up your camera everyone's got like a smartphone now like the majority of people have got a phone and the ability to vlog and a lot of my first vlogs like my Glasgow my moving in as a new studio all of them were filmed on my iPhone oh it's so cringy <laughs> I've just remembered something and it's when I used to film with the front facing camera so you yes. can see what you're doing also the front facing camera is poor quality on these all it the is. yeah I used to just look at myself on the screen 
So rather than camera lens, you know, as if I always give the advice, look into the camera lens, like you're looking into the eyes of someone you love or your friends, um, because it's more connecting and engaging. But I always used to just look at myself and like pout and pause and stuff. And <laughs> oh, it's just so embarrassing. I don't know how I used to do it. Um, start somewhere though. <laughs> I'm gonna start somewhere, but I'm so tempted to delete those videos. But I'm like, nah, this is funny. Everyone can look at this yeah. back. But it's it's cool to see too. It makes it realistic for me too, like to see where you started and like for me, like I don't really see them as cringe. I remember watching them like <laughs> in that sunny consolation. Oh god. <laughs> but, but it gives me like it, like seeing where you are now, like, I've seen your growth too. And it's like, oh my gosh, if she can grow like that, then I can do it too. And not anyone can, honestly, if I can, honestly, anyone can. I, I'm not, I'm not particularly extremely talented or a genius in any area that I've been in. So normally you'll see people who are a genius in art and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. how the heck did they illustrate that? Yeah. Like I just can't, I was not a genius in any aspect. Like you said, I was a jack of all trades, kind of do a bit of this and a bit of that. But as long as you just get started, that's the first step. And a lot of people don't take that first step with fear that they're, they're gonna fail. And um, yeah. so you just have to keep going and keep doing it and keep adapting. I think a lot of people give up without learning how they can grow and getting constructive criticism and trying out new things. If something's not working, try out something else to make it work. And I think people give up like, oh, well, I've opened a sticker shop, so my sticker shops aren't selling. But how do you know that you could then bring in mugs and your mugs could then be your jam? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just don't know. You have to try and experiment with loads of different things I to think. find that thing that's good for you. Um, and I definitely think anyone can do it if they believe in themselves. They really need to believe in themselves and learn and educate themselves on it and there's so many tutorials and amazing youtubers out there uh, it's just weird that i am now classed as a youtuber it still doesn't yeah. feel like normal to me or like when you said oh you've inspired me with your shop that's so mind-blowing to me because i just have never imagined myself as that if that yeah. makes sense no it does make so sense it, it just makes it, it's really odd to me because i still feel like the and I yeah. still am the same person so when you say stuff like that it's really motivating and encouraging me to keep going and keep producing content mm -hmm. uh, to hopefully inspire other people because yeah. it doesn't matter where you're from now the internet is amazing and we can exactly. so many different people well and I love I love your channel specifically because I genuinely feel like you're talking to me like I kind of forget that you have thousands and thousands of subscribers <laughs> and like I feel like we're having a conversation and like I love how personable you are and how you you are and it kind of makes me forget like it's so easy to put all of these illustrators on pedestals like they're so amazing like I aspire to be them like I want to be like them someday but also doing this podcast too and like like I'm actually talking to you like it kind of <laughs> reminds me like you're a person too I'm a person and I'm an author yeah, like you're a person, I'm a person, and it kind of reminds me like I can do it. Like it gives me hope too. Like we're all just people, we're all paying bills, we're all doing what we love to do. And the hardest part is starting. Like for me, I feel like the hardest part is just doing it. 
But once yeah. you start doing it, it's kind of like a snowball effect, I feel like. And 100%. Totally yeah. agree with that. The, the snowball effect, I totally agree with that. Once you took the first step, you then learn about the second step. Then you take that. Then you learn about the third step. Sometimes you'll take a step or two back, but you'll just keep going and keep exploring. And um, the first thing is just starting, like you say. And if you want to dabble in YouTube, dabble in YouTube. Some people find it doesn't work for them and they don't enjoy it. And some people absolutely love it. Like I personally... Yeah absolutely love it and I can't imagine people like how are you pumping out all these videos I'm like you don't understand I actually <laughs> love doing this like I actually really really enjoy it obviously sometimes it gets a bit stressful because I don't know when to stop right <laughs> I literally I love doing it and you don't know until you try it you might hate doing YouTube so then you you might find your jam on Instagram or somewhere else or you'll find a different platform like blogging or uh but for me personally youtube was a great way to connect to other people because i feel like you are my perfect like when i'm looking in the camera that's who i imagine being there yeah. if that makes sense someone yeah. like me in the same situation and i'm talking to a friend that's exactly <laughs> it and if you look at my audience statistics on youtube i feel like we're all like the same people if we all met up we probably all really get along so well because we all like the same sort of things and that's what i love it gets me a bit emotional but that's why i absolutely love and admire about YouTube and the audience that I've got here at Catnip. I'm so, so grateful for every single one of you. Like, oh, honestly, it means the world. Like, it's crazy. And if you start it, I'll watch your videos and I'll watch my audience videos. I, I love it. I love connecting. It's like this little community that's going on. And we're all just trying to um, create our own dreams, doing a similar sort of thing. And I, I don't think that it's oversaturated when you think about how many people you can actually reach out and connect to. I mean, how many billions of people are in the world? Like, a even lot. if <laughs> 10,000 out of a billion, what is, what is that in like, a percentage it's probably like not point not something yeah, percent something population that's why I do art not math like <laughs> yeah, yeah same <laughs> but um that's that's what I mean it's so easy you can have a really large audience and it's still not scratch the surface in the world's population so exactly. um and still make a very happy comfortable life for yourself creating what you love and having your own little community and that's what I think um I wouldn't be anything today without my community and that's where your brand comes in because they've really they're the ones who've helped catnip grow not me really it's them and listening to the audience I, I get a lot of my audience feedback and everything um but first it was kind of just putting myself out there with no audience maybe one family member who that's, liked that's me. how I feel like yeah. <laughs> and I want to start a YouTube channel but right now who would I'm thinking like, okay, my mom would watch it. My boyfriend would watch it. Like, well, you got two viewers. I would watch it. There's three. Oh, thanks. <laughs> but yeah, so it's kind of like, again, it's just the starting and the fear of starting. Like, oh, no one's going to watch it. So it's like, I don't, but you just got to do it. I don't care anymore. I'm past caring. I opened the second personal channel, literally expecting, and it is hard to see at first the numbers that I was getting on my main channel, then my personal channel. I'm like, oh my gosh, this hasn't yes. even <laughs> a thousand views. What is going on? But then I just think, no, I'm really enjoying this. And eventually I will find my audience. And as long as you search about how to get found on YouTube and you keep mm -hmm. putting out good content and you learn how to better your content a lot of people say well I haven't grown like I've put out 100 videos and I haven't grown but have you really looked at how to improve have you analyzed your videos and seen are these entertaining are right. these um valuable in any way so value can come from actual 
giving value like tips and advice or it can come from entertainment or it can come from value like relaxation I watch a lot of um vloggers that are relaxing for me so I like watching them because the music is gentle it's soft and it relaxes me Mm -hmm. so if you're giving value and you're really analyzing your content and making it the best it can be then you will eventually get a following because what will happen is you'll get one person go wow you're really underrated I'm going to share you to this person and this person have you heard of this person and that's how your name gets out there and you might have like five core fans who really enjoy watching your content and it kind of grows from then on but like I say I do feel like I hit the lucky with huge and going viral but I don't think you should ever strive to become viral because that audience drops off very fast so you every loads of people watched the studio vlog number one I think it was at half a million but very little out of that percentage actually stayed and became like a regular viewer of my content but I'm still very very lucky for that experience yeah. anyway but yeah it's just it's just adapting and changing things if you're worried about only having one or two viewers um still do it because then you'll learn like my first YouTube video I think it got like 80 something views but yeah. my audience retention rate was like some. <laughs> 10% so yeah. like most of those 80 people were like clicking off straight away and yeah. I only really started doing YouTube when um I had around 15,000 followers I always say oh I had 6,000 followers on YouTube sorry uh, on Instagram and then when I got over 10,000 that's when I found it helped because I could do you know the swipe up feature yes yeah so I used to say link in bio link in bio yeah. <laughs> and like no one can be bothered to go to the link in the bio you want it to be as easy as possible for people to just swipe up and go on it when I got that swipe up function I think that really helped um and I kind of bigged up my studio vlog and the swipe up function and everything so then people would then filter over from Instagram I'd have like one two whatever 100 200 uh, viewers and then yeah I got I did hit it lucky so I'm not gonna say anything about that I do feel like I hit it lucky there so let's not tell anyone about that well I okay it's completely off (laughs) I actually haven't told many people about this because I'm actually kind of embarrassed about it but I guess it's going on the podcast now but I actually have a YouTube channel (laughs) Um, okay but I posted (laughs) I posted I think like 10 videos on it they're all most of them are private now but the first couple were like hair videos like because I have like curly hair so they were like things I did with my hair like dyeing my hair and one of them got like 50,000 views and uh, yeah like it one of them got 50,000 another one had like 20,000 like so I had like (laughs) But they were so cringy, and it's just me dyeing my hair, and it's like, oh what people? I've got a hair dye video where I have pink hair, <laughs> dyed my hair pink. You've got twenty. The thing is, twenty thousand to fifty thousand people are choosing to watch your video. Do you know how insane? I don't I even get those numbers. I That's amazing. <laughs> Oh my god, you should never honestly I find mine really cringy. But at the end of the day, it's still getting views and you've got viewers on it. So other people do not find that cringy. Well, so you just have to keep going. That's amazing. Keep <laughs> out there if you've already got well, that. And it was kind of discouraging because like those videos had all those views, but then mm. I posted videos about Disney, like working for Disney and that kind of thing, and they got like a hundred or like two hundred, and it's kind of like, oh, I'm posting something I'm really passionate about and people aren't 
liking it, but then I post things that I really could care less about and they were just for fun. Like, yeah, they get like, they blow up. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. well, that's the thing with me, my, my Disney things. I think Disney is quite niche actually. Uh, not niche necessarily, but I think some people um, think like you're a grown woman child when you like Disney and stuff. I don't care. <laughs> I am a grown woman child. I will say that. I will scream it from the rooftops. I have Thank no shame. You. Um, and literally my disney vlogs get very very little engagement in comparison to any others so I even my vlogmas has went right up but you have to specifically like disney and want to watch that video um so it's that's very niche within my niche already so that's why i know that those types of videos don't do very well but i don't care because i want to create those videos videos and that's why I've moved them to a personal channel where I can just be even share what I love um Florida vlogs for me I wanted to vlog every day in Florida and I wanted to um share that experience and look back on it and so you don't get discouraged by stuff like that try out the community it's a lot vaster and a lot wider so you might be able to find your jam doing that uh but just grow just keep doing it and the fact that you've got 20 to 50 thousand people chatting to you now i can already tell that you're really like you said i'm personable i think you're really personable very and um you're very beautiful so i think on screen that will translate very, very well. Not that I think beauty is like the main thing. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You are very easy to talk with and like I can imagine your channel doing oh, very, very well. So I would just totally go for it and not find yourself cringe. We're all a little bit cringe, let's face it. And okay. looking back at <laughs> looking back at my videos, I find them cringy. Even I did I've just finished Ed Planner video, which is going up later tonight. Yeah. And honestly I found the content from the beginning of the year very very cringy <laughs> and but still that was only like a year ago but you still learn and change and I'll probably find this podcast extremely cringy in like a week <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I talk and stuff because I have a very I, I don't really like my voice very much because I get called thick a lot I sound thick is what we call it here which really? is like kind of dumb yeah um, and I think it's just my accent mixed with the fact that I have quite goofy teeth <laughs> so I kind of have like a funny way of talking I love your voice. <laughs> it's, but it's also iconic to you like if I had my eyes shut and like only heard your voice like oh that's Catherine like right off but I also find it fascinating okay like completely off topic but we'll get back on topic but <laughs> I have always been fascinated with the UK and like that's why I would love to live there and my boyfriend he's lived in America since he was like four but his parents they moved over here they have got the full-blown accent everything but they're from the southern they're from Brighton area yeah. so they say they have no accent or whatever yeah. But they have the very like British YouTuber accent, I would yes. say, if you're from Brighton. <laughs> yes, but he's so weird because he'll, he around me, he won't have it. He'll have it like some words, but when he's talking to his parents, he like slips into it. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? I know. Anyway, back on track. But <laughs> there is so many accents in the UK and the further up north you go, the the stronger the, rac- the accents I'll spread out and get. I literally only have to ta- travel 25 minutes down the road for a different accent in each direction. There's yes. a different <laughs> The further down south you get, middle and down south, the girl kind of has a, sim- a very very similar accent like the Zoella kind of yes. yeah. with 
shocking is the only way I can describe it. But further up north, it's so funny because my YouTube comments, speaking of accents, a lot of them are like, are you from Germany? Where are you from? Are you Irish? What is this accent? Because this accent is very specific to a very small area in England. Yes very small it's called Teesside and it's not uh, like Newcastle what's called Geordies and then the Sunderland yeah. and then there's all these different things but our accent is like a Teesside accent and no one who lives here particularly thinks this accent is very nice I mean who likes the sound of their own voice anyway but um, yeah it's a very distinct accent I think especially if you're not used to it and especially if you're a foreigner as well and you listen to it you're like where is that like and a lot of people said your English is terrible and I'm like it's funny because I'm actually British so (laughs) (laughs) well Brian always tells me he's like it's our language you guys just messed it up you Americans messed it up and like I mean here in America we have so many different accents too like I'm northern so I people say I have an accent but again we consider ourselves the people who don't have accents I guess but as soon as you go south into like Texas and Alabama you get like the southern draw and yeah so we have a lot of anyway that was a little culture (laughs) that was a little side side road we took a little detour there but we're back on the road now (laughs) um okay so kind of just wrapping things up I guess I've just got a couple of little questions. I guess that'll be kind of quick fire, I suppose. Um, big like topic, I guess, too, that I am definitely struggling with is the old comparison thing, like comparing yourself to others. And we could go on forever about it, but how do you stay sort of positive and creative and in your zone and without like getting bogged down by like inspiration versus comparing yourself. Mm. There's a very fine line and I have to admit I dip over that line pretty much every week. (laughs) I literally, yeah, my toe is like on the line and then sometimes my foot will just go over and sometimes I'll just trip over the line and go (laughs) flat into like full-on comparison mode. It is very, very hard and the only times that I can sit is take yourself away from social media at that point and stop looking on Instagram stop searching what is the new trend in shops stop looking at the success of others and focus on your own success like hang on I have actually done really well list off your achievements for you it'd be like wow I've done 800 sales 800 people wanted my products or 800 products went out to people that's that's pretty amazing so you was focused on your own achievements and um not compare yourself to others another thing is realize um that their success they're further on in their journey and the new and even if they're not it doesn't matter because everyone's journey is totally different everyone's trying different cats and they're all taking uh, back to the car analogy but you you just you just need to remember that you are totally individual and you cannot replicate someone else's success you have to create that yourself comparing yourself to others does not get you anywhere it's not beneficial the only time it is slightly beneficial is if you're doing market research for maybe a product or seeing what's trending, then it can come in handy, it can come become inspiring. But as soon as you're focused on, this girl has got 10,000 likes, I only got 5,000 likes, we have the same amount of followers, what's going on? I'm going to lose my business, yeah. everyone's going to go to her <laughs> and not me. Um, that is where it's really, really messy and sticky and 
horrible. It's a horrible zone to be in. Try and get back over the line on the other side and stay behind that line as long as you can. And if you feel yourself crossing the line, take yourself off social media and stop looking at numbers and figures because that's what we look at, really. That's the comparison to others. It's numbers, figures. Well, this looks more successful than me. Their style is better than mine. Theirs looks more refined. But people find your style nice and refined. See, I've been designing packaging for catnip and I've been oh, I voted on the oh. I voted on the brown and pink that's oh, my brown and pink. well I'm going for brown and pink so that's Yay. good <laughs> slightly darker to give it a more contrast like the blue okay. one I've, I've literally beat myself up about that packaging looking at it going why can I not put down on paper what I want it to look like it's yeah. not coming out how I want it to look and I've just been so indecisive on it we just got to do it and some people might look at that and think that's really cute I like that but me personally I don't like it I'm like no don't like it <laughs> I have to take a step back I haven't right. I ask other people's opinions and you just have to focus on yourself and stop looking at other people like I'm like blah blahs is really nice look at that why can't I illustrate like that it's not fair um it doesn't get you anywhere it's not beneficial to anyone at any time so just step back take yourself off social media and list all the things you're grateful for and all the things you're proud of yourself from and then look back with some fresh fresh eyes later on yes and I love what you said too we're all on different paths we're all on different journeys we're all in different spots of our journeys like my Instagram right now I have like 400 followers or something but it's a mess it's a hot mess like I have so many different (laughs) styles and so many different colors but I recently have created like a list and I'm starting to make it more cohesive. So I'm really excited for the people that are going to be along that journey of like watching me grow. So, and that's why I'm trying to, I definitely struggle with comparing myself because right now I'm in, I am in the inspiration phase. Like I'm seeking inspiration from people, like what's making, what's working for them. But I definitely lean over the line of like, oh, they're so good. I'm never going to be like that. And I need to take a step back and see it as, okay, this is working for them. How can I implement that with my business or like my personal brand without comparing myself because I'm still I'm just starting out and it probably took them years to get there I mean like you for example yeah exactly and people look at me and go well she's doing so well she's selling all this I'm like yeah but this has took me four years of work to get to this point and even me as a person I don't feel successful yet like when do you feel successful (laughs) Uh, what is success it's all I know it but it's really all about the journey like I said it's all about um yeah it's so hard to do because I've fell into it and I think most artists have I mean you have to be pretty I don't know I can't imagine anyone not falling into that trap of comparison if you're ambitious as well I think the comparison stems from a fear of not being able to do it or a fear of failure so you give yourself excuses right off the bat like they're better than me and that's what you need to stop doing they might be talented in their area but you're also talented and stop saying negative words to yourself in your head like oh I'm not as good as that that is total BS because you are just as good as that. It's yeah. just skills are different to yours. They're not at your levels. And also you have something to offer that they don't have to offer. Um, it could be a different way of illustrating. Honestly, you can draw a more, the most simple illustration and someone else can't really replicate it. Like off yeah. you know, from the top of your brain when you just yeah. put pen and paper, that other person might really struggle to do that, but they might be absolutely amazing at realism or something like that. And you might look at their work and go, well, I want to be like that. And they might look yeah. at your work and go, well, I want to be like that. It's never it's ending. 
one big hot mess, one big circle where you just not like not achieving anything because you've just been negative about yourself you really need to just step back and start being really positive and looking at yourself and listing five things you're really proud of yourself for and what your strengths are what you're weak and aware of that and accepting it and then thinking well my weaknesses are this but you know what I'm going to work on that and I'm going to get better at it and then eventually I'll be good at that and then I'll work on something else and just try and stop the negative the negative voices that happen in your head but it is easier said than done it's fair enough me preaching this but I definitely go through this as well I'm a normal person definitely struggle with comparison and comparing yourself to others but it does get easier as you kind of step back and you learn how to cope with it as well and it doesn't become as consuming as it used to Yes. Oh, you've lots of golden nuggets in there. I completely agree. And, you know, in the age of social media, like that's the way we find our presence nowadays. And it's, it's just all personal, how you deal with it. And yeah, without falling into that hole. So, um, okay. So just some wrap up questions. Um, so I guess these are kind of more personal questions. Well, I guess sort of, but not really. So what's your go-to coffee order? Cause I always see like you order coffee and it looks so delicious. And I'm like, what did you get? And I also work at a coffee shop right now, um, to get through college. So I'm kind of curious. I actually love to work at a coffee shop. Um, I, uh, order a large cappuccino or a flat white. That's okay. Coffee. It does. Okay. It's very simple, simple and basic, but I do like to get a treat now and then. Like if it's the winter, I'll get, I'm, I'm based like a gingerbread latte get all the spices and syrups in there and basic so basically my basic order is a large cappuccino or a flat white okay love it the cake that I'm ordering with it (laughs) (laughs) um okay so I guess next question where do you see catnip in 10 years for the next decade because we started a new decade so where do you see catnip going oh my gosh when I visualize it I don't have a clear plan like I said earlier but I kind of imagine myself with a big white studio with a big neon sign saying catnip and a little team of people's wooden desks lots of plants um that's kind of where I see it whether I'll get to it or not I feel like that's where it's kind of heading uh just a it's still a smaller business a smaller team maybe a five or six um and books I will have some books out, some books published. Hopefully, fingers crossed. And more of an established brand and kind of getting in wholesale and in different shops and being well known a little bit more out of my niche, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah. I'd like that. That'd be awesome if I could get to that in 10 years. Do you see but. yourself having like an actual physical shop maybe? I've always wanted a physical shop and I've always wanted to incorporate coffee in there somehow, like a really yes. cool shop, like really awesome with light wood, Scandinavian vibes, very minimal, but with like cute products. Yes. Um, I've always imagined it, one in York, um, a small little shop with loads of different crafts mm-hmm. and arts. and But I don't know because physical shops are very, very costly. Uh, costly my friends downstairs who own Liel they had a physical shop and it was very very expensive to run and compared to online so it just depends but a physical shop would be awesome and having kind of branches kind of like paper chase that would be freaking awesome um something like that but I think for me in 10 years it's going to be that studio space with maybe like five or six or a team of 10 or something and a big white room I can just visualize my office and it's got concrete floor it's a nice big oh, airy so awesome. 
that's what I would like anyway. But yeah. whether it'll get, you just never know what's going to happen, though, do you? You don't know what's around yeah. the corner. But for now, my goal is twenty from the beginning of twenty twenty is that for ten years time. That's How fun would it be to meet up in ten years time? And yes. Talk about what what. Maybe it, I'll be living there at that point. I don't know. <laughs> that'd be so cool. Yeah. Future me, I'm excited. I'm coming for you. Yes. Well, I went to England last Christmas for Christmas, and my favorite part was we went to London um, shortly after Christmas, and walking around Covent Garden and seeing all the shops, and like just the little, I had to go inside every single craft shop. I drug my boyfriend into every little nook and cranny, (laughs) but yeah, so we're hoping to go back this Christmas, so I'm really excited. Those little shops are like my favorite shops. Little, the little like, tiny ones, but have a very strong brand voice, and you remember yeah. them, even though they're very small. They're in like a little terrace, what used to be yes. like a house. Uh, they're like my favorite. That can, that's sort of what I would imagine catnip would be. They'd be in smaller, little, cute and quirky places. Uh, if I did go down the physical store route, that would be pretty awesome. I love yeah. those little shops. I they're could my see favorite. It. I could see it. <laughs> Um, okay, so what is your best purchase under a hundred pounds? Best for is it in business in general? No, it could be anything, like absolutely anything. Best purchase under a hundred pound. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot harder than <laughs> it's, it's quite hard, isn't it? Best purchase under what it do I really be, love? It doesn't have uh, to be like business related, doesn't have to be. I would still probably say my graphics tablet though, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, when I, I bought a cheap bamboo, uh, when it was like 90 something quid, mm-hmm. um, I would probably say that that was my best purchase. Oh, cool. I, I, I think of loads of different things when I go home now. Like I'll be driving home and I'll think of, oh, oh there's that and that and that. <laughs> but what I can think of is when I purchased, when I was at uni, I purchased a little graphics tablet because uh, I used to have a massive one, but it didn't plug into the back of my computer and uh, mm-hmm. so I purchased a little one and I did a lot of illustrations on that little tiny thing I started catnip on that little tiny one as well yeah. so I'd probably say that was definitely my best purchase awesome. right now I always say mine's my coffee maker because I can't live oh, yeah, that sounds good <laughs> as well <laughs> um okay two more questions um do you have any life advice so just life advice in general I think people. just basically saying everything we said today get started if you're thinking of doing something, just dabble in it. You've got nothing to lose, really. Just start it. I mean, you only get one life. You probably regret not starting it than you would starting it and failing it. At least you can say that you began it and you tried it and it didn't work for you. Uh, whereas if you don't ever try things, then you would live to regret not trying it because you never know if they're going to work or not. So my life advice would be to start something and have a go and experiment. Um my next thing would probably don't compare yourself to others again like what we talked about Mm -hmm. just focus on yourself and be kind to yourself and not get absorbed in your own negative um like mindset and your own negative narrative that goes on in your head and Mm -hmm. be kind to yourself like treat yourself like you would treat another friend like Mm -hmm. don't be so nasty to yourself (laughs) I'm so nasty to myself sometimes I'm actually like shocked I'm like oh I would never talk to someone else like that why am I talking about that um but yeah be kind to yourself experiment and do the things you really love and try if you want to do an art business try and dabble in it and see if it's a thing that would work for you but yeah that would probably be my life awesome yay that's great advice um okay last question how do you want to be remembered 
Oh my god. Um, that's <laughs> such a like deep anyway. question, isn't it? I don't want to be remembered. I'd, probably, <laughs> I'd want to be remembered is, is someone who created something that made people smile and made people really happy um that is probably my goal when I started catnip I always say to Mike and Emily when they first joined the team I was like the goal of catnip is to make people smile at the end of the day and make people happy I love making people laugh when I can um, so being remembered is someone who made someone happy or affected them in a positive way that would be amazing just that so that they remembered me and it brought a smile to the face or they remembered a product of mine that brought a smile to the face in general so that probably that oh <laughs> yeah that's a great answer um all right and where can people find you like lastly where can people check you out buy your products so Etsy, obviously, and it's catnip, so it's spelled K-A-T-N-I-P-P. And if you just type in catnip, it'll take you to all the different types of things. So there's YouTube. If you want to check me out on YouTube, you don't have to purchase a product. Um, but there's Etsy if you want to check out my store. There's Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. I would say they're the main three core platforms that I would use. So Etsy, Instagram, and YouTube. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule. To no problem. It's been really fun. Yes, it was a blast. It was great talking with you. Thank you. Good talking with you too. And get that YouTube's channel up and running. <laughs> yes, I will. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. It truly was such an honor to talk to Catherine Kay from Catnip Illustrations. She, like I said at the beginning, is such an inspiration to me and so many other small business owners out there and boss women out there. She is truly killing it on the Etsy shop platform and YouTube and Instagram and all the socials. And it was really amazing to hear from her on how she's growing her business, her future plans for her business, and how she kind of gave us insight on where to start, how to find your creative voice, and really do what you love well. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Please feel free to support the podcast by leaving us a review over on iTunes, as this is the best way that young creatives can find our podcast. Um, also follow us on Instagram at Creative Waffle. Follow me, your host, Hannah Brown at doodlebug.draws and Mark, our other host at Blue Deer Design. And also be sure to follow Miss Catherine on her socials as well. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye.